What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for choosing to wrap up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is, of course, a sports ethos presentation. My name is Joe Arrico, and I am your host. I'm also the lead fantasy baseball analyst for Sports Ethos, and you guys can hit me up on Twitter at JoeArrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys hit the follow button there. Of course, I'll answer any questions you guys send my way, but you get links to these shows, which go out Monday through Friday. All the tweets that I put out, usually I throw out at least one or two threads throughout the day, and also my articles, which go live every Sunday. This past weekend, I wrote about my fantasy awards for the first half of the fantasy regular season. We talked about my MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, uh, best waiver pickup, biggest disappointment, best late round draft pick, uh, tons of stuff over there. So go ahead and check that out. You can find it on my Twitter feed and also at sportsethos.com. One last thing before we get going here, I'll ask you to please leave a positive review on the podcast if you are enjoying it. I understand not everybody can enjoy it. You can't appeal to everybody. But if you are a fan, if you do listen to the show regularly, I'd really appreciate you guys punching that five-star or even a four-star button. Give us a little bit of a boost in search results and all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's start talking about some fantasy baseball. We're going to look back on some of yesterday's top-performing players. We're going to be looking at some of today's matchups that I'm going to be keeping my eye on. And I'll also go through a couple other things, but one of them will be the thread that I put out on Twitter this morning, talking about some undervalued players who have been really excellent over these past couple of weeks. So first off, I'm going to look back on yesterday, and we're going to talk about some uh, some guys who really had great games. So Frankie Montes comes to mind off the top here. He went eight innings, had eight strikeouts, two walks, and gave up only two hits. I'm really, I've said it a few times, I'm really looking forward to the day where he is eventually traded out of Oakland. The trade deadline is the first couple of days of August. I think it's the second or the third. I think it's August the second is the trade deadline. Figuring by then he'll be out of there. He's got to be upset that he's only got three wins in his 15 starts. Despite his 3.21 ERA, good strikeout numbers, good whip. If you do roster him in fantasy leagues and you're a little pissed off that all his Great work has only led to an like 135th ranked player on the season, only three wins. I wouldn't worry too much. I do think that he will be a trade target for a contending team. There are some guys who are looking for arms. I know uh, it's possible that the Blue Jays will be looking for an arm with Kianjin Ryu going down and some inconsistency from Jose Barrios. Uh, the Dodgers will definitely be looking for an arm with Walker Buehler going down. Uh, we'll see what the Mets decide to do. Uh, we'll see what happens with DeGrom and Tyler McGill. I know Scherzer's supposed to come back, uh, I think, this week at some point. We'll see there. Uh, the Brewers are also another option because they've had injuries with Freddie Peralta. Uh, Corbin Burns is, or not, sorry, not Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff is about to come back this week. So we'll see exactly what happens there. Although Aaron Ashby is also on the shelf. So there are a few different options of contending teams or semi-contending teams that will be looking to add an arm. And I think Montes will be a high, high target there. Uh, a couple of Cincinnati arms as well, Luis Castillo and Tyler Molly who will also see a, a bump in value once they are traded. I'm pretty sure we're going to see uh, Montes, especially Montes, get traded. But I think all three of them are likely to find new homes and to have better value as the season goes on. Let's talk about Dansby Swanson, who is one of the hottest players in Major League Baseball right now. He hit two more home runs last night. He also had a single. He was hit by a pitch. Scored three times, three RBIs. Guys, he is just outside of first-round value for standard leagues this season. He's the 13th-ranked player so far. He's got 47 RBIs, 41, or sorry, 47 runs, 41 RBIs, 12 homers, 11 steals. He's batting 302. He's been an, a five-category monster to this point in the season. Uh, obviously, we don't need to spend too much time there because there's not really a move to be made. I mean, I understand if you wanted to try and maybe sell him, but I don't know that too many people are going to be buying that this is going to be rest-of-season production out of him. If you want to try maybe and get a, uh, you know someone who is worth 
somewhere in the top three, four rounds and who is a little more uh, consistent going back a few years than Dansby Swanson. Not that Dansby Swanson is not an excellent player. He is. But if you're looking to sell him with how hot he's been, I wouldn't be doing it unless you're getting back like a top 50 for sure, like surefire top 50 rest of season kind of player. And honestly, I don't know that you can you can do that with him right now. I would probably just hold on because the value is going to be all skewed. Uh, people are going to be valuing him very differently. If you're owning Dansby Swanson right now, you're valuing him like as your number one player on your roster probably. Uh, if you don't own him, you're thinking, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a hot streak. It's not anything I need to take too seriously. So there's going to be some disconnect there between people who own him and people who want him or people who are trying to get rid of him. There's, there's a few different avenues that you can look at it from, but I think at the end of the day, you're not really going to be able to recoup enough value where it's going to make sense to move on from him. So I would hold on there. Uh, Cody Bellinger had himself a great game, three for four, two singles, homer, scored three times, knocked in three runs, and he stole a base. Now, I know he's not been what he used to be, Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's not that MVP-type player anymore, which is unfortunate because he's still so young. And maybe he'll get back to that to that range eventually. But for fantasy purposes, he's still very serviceable. I mean, at this point, it looks like he's probably going to end up with like a 2020 season with uh, somewhere in like the 125-ish uh, runs plus RBI range. I would imagine somewhere in there, 120, 130 range with, with a kind of a shitty batting average. So, there is a little bit of bad with the good, but I think overall uh, he's still going to be a valuable contributor. Batting in that lineup is pretty much good for everybody. I know he's at the bottom of the lineup. Typically, he bounces around from six to eight. But anywhere in that lineup, you can hold value just because of how dominant they are, really. So Cody, uh, I know he has been dropped by some people. He's rostered in, I think, 84% of leagues, which I understand people got frustrated early on and going back to last season. Sorry, 83% of leagues he's rostered in. I understand people got frustrated with him and moved on. If he is just sitting on the waiver wire in your leagues, guys, uh, I would be I would be going and grabbing him. I know it's not going to be too many leagues. It'll probably be more shallow leagues. And a case-by-case basis, you might want to think it through a little bit depending on who you're dropping. But I, in most pretty much every single league he needs to be added just because of the home run and speed uh, dual threat there. It's very rare. I know it's not massive numbers in either category, although nine steals is pretty solid. Um, you getting pr- production in those two categories from one person is pretty rare. There's not that many guys who can do it, and I wouldn't be moving on from him just yet. Devin Smelter, he is really uh, – I don't really know what to make of Devin Smelter. He doesn't throw particularly hard. He doesn't strike anybody out. Uh, the, the ratios are very good. The ERA is good. The whip is good. And last night he had a great outing. He went six innings, three hits, uh, only struck out three, but it was a, stri- it was a shutout uh, victory over Cleveland. I don't know what to make of him, really. I'm not going to be biting on him in most leagues because I just don't trust it to continue. I don't think that there's really much need for him there other than maybe uh, the odd streaming situation where you can find him. And even then, uh, it would have to be a really good matchup for me going forward. He's 14% rostered right now. I don't know that that needs to really jump up. I think it probably will a little bit, although it has gone down uh, 5% over the previous week because of his rough start uh, against Arizona. But people are very uh, knee-jerky in this world we live in in fantasy baseball. We saw Isaac Paredes get added a bunch after his three-home run game, and he hit a home run the next game as well. But, uh, I mean, he was added in 5% of leagues, which means one in 20 leagues he was added there. I don't know that that really makes sense, maybe in deep, deep leagues, but... People in in fantasy, any sport, really, it doesn't matter, uh, they will overreact to certain things. You know, if you're talking about uh, 
a wide receiver who has a couple touchdowns, even if it's his first game of the year with any kind of receptions, if he has a couple touchdowns one game, people will go in at him for whatever reason. You know, a, a random player in hockey, a fourth-line player who has a hat-trick one night, oh, we need to go in at him now. It's like, no, you don't need to go in at him. You need to look at some trends. You need to look at some, some advanced numbers and see why did they score three goals here? Is it just, you know, happenstance? Was it they were in the right place at the right time? What are the factors? Were they on the power play or something? You know, I'm straying away from baseball here, but there's factors like that in every sport, and there will be some kind of outliers. And I feel like Smelter is is not really sustainable what he's doing at a fantasy level. He's not striking out a lot of guys. He plays for a decent team, but I'm not sure how many wins exactly he's going to get, how deep he's going to go in most games. They've been letting him go into the mid-90s pitches, sure, but I don't know how efficient he's going to be going forward. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of him here. He's, we've seen some walk struggles, although he didn't walk anybody yesterday, which was good. I'm just not I'm gonna, not going to be jumping to add him. Zach Plezak had a really good game as well last night. Six innings, uh, three hits, one earned run, two walks, and he struck out six. Another guy that I'm not really jumping to add because, yes, uh, he struck out six yesterday, but typically we're looking at somewhere in the three to five range for strikeouts. I'm just not that interested. Uh, I, for fantasy, for pitchers to have fantasy value, most of the time they need to be striking out batters. If they're not striking out batters, then they need to be very elite in limiting base runners. So they need to have a very low whip and, you know, and that extends to ERA. You limit base runners, you limit runs. If they're not striking guys out, then they need to be elite in those other categories. And I don't see that with Please Zach. The whip is at 1.24, the ERA 4.17, striking out 6.14 batters per nine innings. Not great. He only has two wins in his 13 starts. I mean, Cleveland's been pretty good, but that's that's brutal to have two wins in 13 starts. That's probably you'll see a bit of a correction there, I would imagine. But again, he is not somebody that you need to waste an add on. And if you're in an extremely deep league, maybe. But I, I'm not a big fan of those guys who just don't accrue strikeouts, especially if you're talking about a points league, any league really, but specifically points leagues, that's where you rack up the points. And someone like Plezak for me is not going to have a ton of value in any kind of format. Now, yesterday's show was titled Judge versus Otani because I think that that's probably who the MVP is going to come down to in the American League. But Jordan Alvarez is going to start pushing some pushing some people towards voting for him, I think, if he keeps this up. Now, Jose Ramirez is someone who's also in that conversation, but I don't think there's anybody in the world who's as hot as Jordan Alvarez recently. 2.59 weighted runs created plus over the last two weeks. His slugging in that period is 8.25. He is slugging 8.25 over the last 11 games. It's it's stupid. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. He is, I think, you know, it's hard to say, right? Things are so in flux at this point of the season, but if he stays this hot... Judge stays as hot as he is, and Otani keeps doing what he's doing. Plus, you got other guys like Jose Ramirez, and we haven't even mentioned like Vlad Guerrero, Vlad Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who could turn it on later in the season. It's going to be a very crowded American League MVP vote. Now, <clears throat> the front runner probably is still Judge, but I mean Otani the other night, and plus what Alvarez has been doing, it's hard to wrap your head around really. And I know that there are some gambling people who listen to the show. I get the odd message every now and again. Not too often because we do have some sports ethos wagering people who get the brunt of those questions. But they are going to be joining us next week. Uh, Later in the week, we're going to actually have two guests next week that are focused. Not just focused. We'll do some fantasy stuff as well. But where we'll talk some betting. So I think it'll be I think it'll be on Wednesday. We're going to be recording Tuesday, probably later in the day. So I'll put it out on Wednesday. But we're going to have Frank Amarante on the show. For those of you who don't know Frank, he's a fellow Canadian from Toronto. He's a writer for the Game Day HQ. He used to work for Roto Baller. 
and he loves his Major League Baseball bets. We're going to talk some of that with him. We'll also talk some fantasy stuff. And then later in the week, we are going to be talking with some of the sports ethos wagering guys. Not sure what exact combination of them we're going to have, but we'll definitely bring on some of the betting folks. We'll try and make some sense of the American League MVP race and a couple other awards races. We'll, we'll do some fantasy stuff with them as well. But uh, I'm interested, very interested to get some more uh, seasoned gamblers' takes on what we are going to see going forward here in terms of the betting market for MVP. I know that this is a fantasy show, but I'm the only baseball show on our platform at this point. So, you know, that's why I do mix in the odd other bit of stuff other than just fantasy. I know the show is called Fantasy MLB Today, but I do love to just talk about the game. That's why, you know, conversations about um, the state of the game, that episode that we had with Mike Carter last Friday. If you haven't heard it, I'd really recommend you check it out. We talked for quite a while about just how baseball is. Why is the product maybe losing some fans? Why is it not? Uh, why are there people like Shohei Otani who's got less all-star game votes than, you know, Andres Jimenez or the same amount of votes, like shit, stupid shit like that. Why is that happening? Why is the game being marketed the way it is? That was a great chat on Friday. So go check it out if you haven't already. But I like to just veer out a little bit beyond the fantasy realm as well. I know you guys who play fantasy baseball, you're not just doing it because you like the fantasy side. You're doing it because you like baseball. So I'm thinking, you, you let me know on Twitter if you guys like it or no. But I, going forward, there's going to be a little bit more of a mix of some regular baseball stuff. We'll do the odd bit of betting stuff. And obviously, we'll still focus predominantly on the fantasy side because we are all fantasy nut jobs. I, I've been doing fantasy sports for a long time, and I... I adore them. I'm obsessed with them. I wake up and the first thing I do is I go and check my lineups because I do a lot of daily changes leaks. Uh, before I go to bed, I'm checking the waiver wire. I like, I, I'm obsessed, right? But I think at the same time, you need a little bit of a break between just fantasy stuff. Look, mix in a little bit of baseball or standard baseball. You mix in some gambling stuff. You mix in some life stuff, you know? And part of that was when I was on uh, the Palazzo podcast a couple weeks ago and I just saw Mike's way of asking Michael Govier, great guy, by the way, go give him a follow on Twitter, MJ Govier. And also Mike Carter, he needs to be followed on Twitter. Another, both of them, great guys, both named Mike, both really good dudes. Mike's uh, Twitter handle is MDRC0508 and MJ Govier, M-J-G-O-V-I-E-R for, uh, for Mike. When I was on his show, it was a bit more of a mix of regular talk. You know, he asked me about my favorite ice cream flavor and, you know, my favorite Russell Crowe film and things like that. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, it's not just hardcore facts, 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 which I think can kind of get a little bit monotonous if you're listening to it, a little bit boring. You, you mix in some other things throughout throughout the hour, half hour, whatever it is, and I think it makes it a little more entertaining, a little more light. So that is something that I'm going to be trying to incorporate more and more going forward here on the show. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter or in the comments section, but that's the way I'm thinking it's going to go uh, from now on. Let's talk about a couple of today's pitching matchups that I'm keeping an eye on. And there's a lot because there are a lot of really good starters going today. It's not a great day to stream if you're thinking about streaming someone. I've seen Cole Irvin's name thrown around a little bit as a possible streamer here uh, against the Royals. I think he's fine, but I'm probably going to be looking to save my ads for the weekend. Uh, I don't know that today is a great day to be using them. But there are a couple of really good pitching matchups that we're going to be talking about. So Taewon Walker and Sandy Alcantara, they'll be going back and forth today in Miami. I've talked about uh, – sorry, I talked about both of them, but I've talked about Taiwan Walker quite a bit on Twitter these last couple of days. And I put out a long thread yesterday, last night, about what he's been able to do and how he's been able to be successful this season. So he's got – very sustainable numbers, a 278 batting average on balls in play. 
He's leaving 75% of batters on base, which are both within the realm of, of average. You know, they're not too far on one end or the other of the spectrum. Uh, it indicates we're seeing uh, somewhat of a real deal from him, and there won't be too much of uh, a correction going forward here. Because he's, this is the best season we've seen so far from Taiwan Walker, so I understand people are a little bit nervous, but this is, this is very good stuff we've seen, very good signs. Uh, he's not using his four-seamer nearly as much as he used to. He was, down, uh, he was at 57% last year. He's down to 38% this year. And he's using his splitter like a ton now. He's throwing it nearly 30% of the time at 29.6 compared to just 14% last year, and it's done wonders for him. It's been the third most effective split finger pitch in the game, according to Fangraph's uh, pitch values. And it generates the fifth best O swing in baseball. So that's the swings on pitches that are outside of the zone. It's, it's a huge reason why he's been able to have success. And it's something that is, it's been great to see as a Taiwan Walker manager in a couple of instances. It's been great to see. His last couple of appearances, his CSW, his called strikes plus whiff percentages, 32 and 38.1. And over those, that stretch over the past two weeks, uh, it's the eighth best mark in baseball. He is really a strong target. I mean, if you are going to stream, he is the guy. He's a little bit more on the rostered side. He's like 60% rostered or so. But if you are in a league where he's available, he's definitely the most viable guy that you can add for today. Uh, Sandy Alcantara on the other side. Obviously, we've seen brilliance out of him. Tough matchup here against the Mar against the Mets. Obviously, you're going to be starting him because you're not going to be sitting someone like Alcantara. But I'm interested to see, again, uh, if he's going to be able to keep this up. Last time out was against the Mets. Eight innings, six hits, two earned runs. We'll see what he can do here. They face him a lot. They're in the same division. They know his stuff probably. So I'm interested as the year goes on, will they start to figure him out a little bit more here? I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this one. Justin Verlander and Luis Severino is the next matchup. And this is, again, this is a massive matchup between the Yankees and the Astros, two of the elite teams in the American League. Verlander has been, again, returned to form that we saw from several years back. Now he is coming off of a terrible start against the White Sox where he gave up seven runs. Only four of them were earned. He only struck out three over three and two thirds. And we've seen a couple of rough outings from him recently, although the previous one was at the end of May, six earned runs. He gave up four home runs at Seattle. That was kind of the first one. And then this one also was kind of bad. Now against Miami, for fantasy purposes, it wasn't so bad a couple of weeks ago. He gave up four runs, but none of them were earned. So you don't really get hurt there on the fantasy side. But a little bit concerning uh, trend-wise from Verlander. I know he's no spring chicken anymore. Justin is 39 years old. Maybe we're starting to see something. Although, who knows, man? Justin Verlander, it's so hard to say. Uh, but maybe he's starting to wind down a little bit after, a, you know, uh, what do they call it before someone dies? The rally. They ra you rally before you die. I know it's a horrible way to phrase, but he's been really good at the beginning of the year, and now he's kind of a little bit more pedestrian these last few starts. I'm interested to see here. Honestly, I'm not convinced you need to start him today. I'm, I'm not convinced. Against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium in that little shoebox they call a ballpark, I'm not sure that you need to start him. Uh, that offense for New York has been uh, is maybe not the number one offense in baseball, but it's pretty close. Number one in home runs, one in OPS, second in slugging, second in runs. Like They're right, right up there. You guys know, if you listen to the show regularly, you know I preach this. If you guys know your categories, and you should know your categories, uh, what your categorical needs are heading into the weekend. If your ERA is over seven and you need a bunch of strikeouts, then of course you're going to start them. It doesn't matter what your ERA or what happens because your ERA is already ruined for the week. Uh, best, you know, all it can do is improve from there. If it gets worse, it gets worse. You're already, you've already 99 times out of 100 lost the category if you're sitting in an ERA like that. Now, there are a lot of situations you can be in. There are times when you need some strikeouts or the times when you need a win, but the ERA is fine and 
the whip is not good. And there's so many different combinations there. You really need to look at what Verlander is able to give you. He's usually able to give you some good strikeout numbers. They're not what they used to be, but they're still pretty good. He strikes out about a batter per inning on average. But you have to look back at what we've seen over this last month. We've seen start to regress a little bit here. 4.11 ERA, 1.17 whip. Not the greatest stuff. Uh, I, I really would recommend caution when you're choosing whether or not to start him. And don't just start him because he is Justin Verlander and he's a Hall of Famer. Look at all the factors and see if it makes sense for you. Now, a lot of the same stuff can be said about his counterpart tonight, Luis Severino. He is also coming off a bit of a rough game where he gave up five earned runs, a couple of home runs. He walked four against Toronto, although Toronto, yes, a very solid offense, so maybe you give him a bit of a pass there. He's, again, you start if you need to. I don't think that at this point of the week you need to be starting anybody, especially against high-powered offenses. See if it makes sense. Uh, massive strikeouts are going to be there, yes. The whip should be good, yes, but at the same time, if you don't need it, you don't need it. Look at who your opponent has going this weekend. If your opponent has no starts this weekend and they're going to be relying on streamers and you got maybe, I don't know, you're close in strikeouts, then, yeah, you go for Severino. But there's so many factors that go into it, right? You need to know everything. There are, there are a lot of factors that go into it. If you have the time, I know not a lot of people have as much time as I do in terms of fantasy stuff, but if you do have the time to look into it, look into who your opponent has going tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. See if they're strikeout guys. See if they are in a favorable matchup where a win seems likely, and then make your decisions based on that. I know I've got, talked about this for quite a bit, but I, I always preach that closer to the end of the week. I think it's really important that you guys know where you stand in your categories. In your daily changes leagues, it's essential. It's, really, it's truly an essential part of, of being a fantasy manager. Now, I know I take this a bit more seriously than a lot of people do. Some people just play fantasy for, for the shits of it, right? But, I mean, if you listen to a fantasy baseball podcast, you figure – you're, you're more into it than the average person. So go and do a little bit of digging there. Those are the main ones that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, although Aaron Nola and Mackenzie Gore is also kind of interesting to me tonight. Gore's coming off a couple of rough outings, but, I mean, he just doesn't do well against the Rockies. Uh, against every other team, he's done very well. I'm thinking he'll be all right here. I'm thinking he'll be okay, but, uh, again, same arguments as always. Don't start them unless you need them. At this point of the week, do not start them unless you need them. Aaron Nola is more of an automatic start because he's just been you know, exceptional this year. He really has been. And he has more of a track record than Mackenzie Gore. So I would, I would lean towards starting Nola over Gore here. But same arguments as always, guys. Know, know what you need. I'm going to spend the last few minutes here looking at my thread that went out on Twitter this morning. I hope you guys are following and saw it. But we're going to be talking about uh, some of the players who have been really good these last couple of weeks who are flying a little bit under the radar. So we're looking at guys who are 60% rostered or under who can be added in a lot of cases, and they'll give you a bit of a boost. So Ahmed Rosario, 54% rostered. Over the last two weeks, he has 12 runs, two homers, six RBIs, and two steals. He's batting 373. Uh, he's got a very nice, unique eligibility at shortstop and in the outfield, and he bats second in a surprisingly strong lineup. So I think he's a solid add. Uh, Christian Walker, who you guys who know me know that I love Christian Walker, he's on a 43 home run pace. Uh, there's no one out there who can tell me that when you look back on the end of the season, you're not going to want someone on your team who was a 43 home run producer. I know it's a bit of a crowded position at first, but you make room for him if you can. He is really, truly a, a remarkable power hitter this season. And it, it should be even better. The batting average on balls in play has been consistently garbage for him, under 200 for the year. That will turn around as the year goes on, and I think he will hit over 40 home runs. Strong ad, go for it. I know it's tough when he's just eligible at first, 
Find a utility slot on your team. He should not be available in this many leagues. On to Sir Anthony Dominguez. He, I think, has one of the coolest names ever, first of all. And if someone were to refer to him in a formal setting, they'd call him Sir Sir Anthony, I guess, which would be kind of funny. He's only 44% rostered, and I think he is the best arm out there in that Phillies bullpen. They've been kind of a mess out there. I know Brad Hand has been all right for them, but I think Dominguez, rest of the season, is the one who is going to get the bulk of the save chances. Over the last two weeks, he has a win, a save, seven strikeouts, good ratios, 1.8 ERA, 0.40 whip, which is about where he is for the season. Uh, The whip is a bit lower than he has been, but that's about where his ERA is. I think that he's a very strong add, and I think, I mean, if you need bullpen help, you're not adding him just for for, for the sake of it, but if you need bullpen help, he is as strong of a candidate that there is who is widely available. Alec Thomas, who is one of my favorite guys. I love Alec Thomas. Nine runs, a home run, four RBIs, three steals, and a 348 average over that time frame. He is going to be a five-cat stud, and I think that he needs to be added in a lot more leagues than he is. He's only 24% rostered for someone who produces like he does. It doesn't make any sense to me. He can help a lot of fantasy managers, give you a boost in all five categories. Go ahead and give him an add. One last guy we'll talk about today is Jesse Winker. He has turned his season around. We got to remember that when he is on, he is an OBP monster, 377 career mark. We've seen it lower than that this season. I think he's in the 330 range. It's something that will correct itself. He is very low uh, batting average. Uh, Batting average on balls and play is not terribly low, but his average is really low for what you'd expect from a guy who hit 300 last year. He's turned it around recently over the last couple weeks, six runs, three homers, seven RBIs, batting 263. That decent power stroke, and he's in a good lineup spot. I think he's someone to add if he was dropped. He's uh, 60% on Yahoo and 80% rostered on ESPN. Guys, that is going to do it for today. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you are a new listener, I really appreciate that. I hope you guys are following on Twitter. I post a lot of stuff out there. Of course, my articles which go live every Sunday. This week, I think I'm going to talk about some buy low, sell high candidates. It's been a while since we've gone over them. I used to bring on a buy low, sell high guest like once every couple of weeks, but I've kind of moved away from it recently. We're going to revisit that topic and talk about some over and underachieving players, and you know if you should buying, or should you should be buying or selling them. So look out for that. It'll be on Twitter Sunday afternoon as usual. Hope you guys have left a review on the pod. If you haven't already, I'd really like you to do that today. Just takes a few seconds of your time. Really helps us out to grow here. We're still in the fairly early going. I think this is episode 70 of the show, so we're, we're, we're moving along, but we're still definitely in the earlier phase. So, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you again on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers.